0: Let me encourage you to take your Bibles and turn to John chapter fourteen. Let me remind you of the scene where we have been because just because we're in a new chapter doesn't mean that the location or anything has changed. In fact, uh, this, this is one evening. In that evening, it was a Passover celebration. It was, as we have talked about, ultimately... The last Passover, because the Passover lamb was going to absolutely fulfill everything that the Passover had pointed to down through the centuries. It was the first supper, but it was a difficult evening with difficult unbelievably difficult hours to come. Jesus had had washed the disciples' feet and that troubled some of them. Troubled Peter. No, don't wash my feet. If I don't wash your feet, we have nothing to do with me. Then wash all of me as he spoke from his troubled heart. And Jesus, washing all of the disciples' feet, including Judas, and he declared that there's one among us that will betray me, will betray me. Who is it? Lord, as the concern and, and the trouble spread among the disciples. Then he said, Not all of you who I have washed are really clean. He was referring, of course, to Judas, who had no no ultimate relationship. With him. And then he said, This, I'm going to be glorified, and and I'm going away, and you cannot follow me. Now, remember, their lives were completely intertwined for the last three years. They had left their other lives behind. And they had followed him. They had listened to him. They had been with him day and night. They heard his teachings. They saw miracles. And he said, I'm going away and you can't follow me. And that would have troubled them. after i identifying judas as the betrayer for those close enough to hear that would have troubled them and then he told peter that you can't follow me now but you will follow me I'll die for you. (laughs) No. And, of course, the ultimate answer was, I'm going to be dying for you, which they didn't even grasp as of yet. But he said to Peter, Peter, you're actually not only not going to die for me, you're gonna deny me again and again tonight. And that would have troubled him. In short, the the, the disciples' lives had been rocked just in those moments. The word troubled here means a heart in turmoil, unrest, tossed around like something in the sea. Now, I don't know all that's going on in your lives. I know some that's going on in many of your lives. And because of that, I know that many have walked in here today with troubled hearts. Troubled for many reasons. So I want us to look at this passage and hear Jesus indicate to his disciples. And he knew their hearts perfectly. Indicate to his disciples, you don't have to have troubled hearts. He knew exactly what they were going to be facing. And he said, but your hearts don't have to be troubled. He said this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place, for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. This is the word of the Lord. Let's bow together. Lord, will you in these so brief moments, will you do more than teach us? Will you show us? Will you enable us to know you better and to get it? To get it why you said, don't let your hearts be troubled. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So back to the question. He knew exactly what they were going to be going through. They didn't have any concept, really. Some of them had a hint Some of them could sense it. Some of them were troubled about all these things. But but Jesus knew precisely what they would go through. And he said, but even while you go through this, even now, your hearts are in turmoil and they don't have to be. So I'm going to give you the three reasons in this brief passage that he gives to them. The first has to do with, with the title of this series. We have called it Believe because as, as uh, we said at the very beginning of the series, that word is used more here in this gospel than, than anywhere else. It's used again and again. And here it is used again. Again. So that's the first reason. It has to do with, with believing. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Now, let's think about it for a moment. He's about to tell them why. Think, let's let's come, come to our world and think, what are, what are some of the ways, if somebody saw you were troubled, they really cared about you, what are some of the ways, some of the things they would tell you if they were wanting to calm your troubled heart? Well, let me give you several. And I'm going to put them in categories because there's lots of things under those categories that, uh, that, that would fit. But one would have to do with that, that uh, philosophy of stoicism Do what the Stoics did. Be stoic about it. And some of you are saying, well, what did did the Stoics do? Well, if they were in our modern day vernacular, the Stoics would say, well, just suck it up. That's what you do, that's all you got to do. Get tough. What the Stoics would do. You guys that, uh, and, and ladies that, that were athletes, uh, in, especially in past years, because this was on, in every locker room I think I was ever in, when the going gets tough, the. I didn't know how athletic you all were. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, you get it. That's the that's the the stoic way. No pain. pain. Come on up here, preach this with me. (laughs) Keep a stiff upper lip and on and on. We grew up with those, didn't we? Get tough, oh you're okay. Oh, it is broken, (laughs) you know. Another bad daddy moment, uh. <laughs> or it could be denial. Pretend like uh, whatever it is, it isn't really happening. Put your head in the sand. That's how you deal with it. And and one of the ways that uh, modern day they they would say it is, uh, you know, d- think positively. Self-talk, that can help. Well, if you've tried that, you know how well and for how long that helps. Or escape. Could be pleasures. Could be alcohol. Could be drugs. The ultimate, of course, would be suicide. Escape this life. And suicide doesn't answer it, and all the others are temporary. At best, they're temporary. So with that as the the backdrop of of what, what we were taught, what we tend to think, Jesus says, believe in God, believe also in me. Now, the verb form here, uh, basically, keep on believing in God and in Christ. Now, let's talk about it. Because some of you, if you're visiting with us, you, you may hear, okay, well, he's just given another Christian cliche. And some people have been hurt very badly in churches and by Christians, by Christians just giving them a cliche. Just do this. Or taking a Bible verse out of context and and so on and applying it to a, a very hurtful situation. Oh, just believe. Have faith. Some might say that is putting your head in the sand. But what Jesus is saying here is not stoicism, it's not denial, it's not escape. Because he would say, here's what you do with your troubles. You don't try to, you don't escape, you don't don't pretend like they're not there. None of that. Look them squarely in their face. But while you're looking at them, look at me. And believe. Look at God who is in control and he has shown that he is good and the way you look at God, and he could have been saying this to his disciples, I I know you trust in God, but in these next hours, you're going to have to really trust in me because it's not going to look like I'm trustworthy when you see what's going to happen. And so, So Jesus, there's a lot of discussion over, um, um, really among Greek scholars, about the verb forms here, believe. I, I think this translation's a good one, but what's it mean? Well, I think what it means is I know you trust in God. Now I need you to trust me too. Even with what you're about to see me go through. Believe that I know what I'm doing. And if I go away, it must be for the right reason. It must be for the best reason, my little children. Remember, he had just called them that, my little children. Then Jesus starts to explain some specifics that should help them not to be troubled, and some specifics for them to believe. One is understanding the truth about heaven. Verse 2, in in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Now, this translation says rooms. You know, the old King James said mansions. And I think that's what we want it to be, right? <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Let me, let me tell you what I think the modern day equivalent would be when it talks about in my father's house. It's his, his dwelling. In, let's go with this. In my father's building, there are many apartments. Now, I know some of you who live in apartments are going, oh, no. (laughs) I can't face another apartment, and certainly not for eternity. So let's go with this. In my father's building, there are many luxury condos unbelievable, better than you can imagine, beautiful places. And they were prepared for his people. My mother went to be with the Lord at age 95. And in her last years, she would often ask, this question she would say I'm so tired I'm so ready and she was she knew the Lord why am I still here some of you probably have faced that question with 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 one of your parents or maybe both why am I still here I gave her two different answers. I would alternate because I was asked it often. I would, the one I would give is I would say, Mom, you remember when I was a little boy and you taught me that if there's a line, I can't butt in front of anybody in line. Do you remember that? And she'd smile a little bit because that's the kind of stuff she had to teach me over and over again. And she said, yeah. And I, I would say, well, you can't cut in front of anybody else either. It's just not your turn yet. And that, that was good enough for, for that day. And then she would ask me again on on a different day. And the other answer I would give is, Mom, Jesus is getting your room ready. It must not be ready yet. But when it is, then you can go. And that was good enough for her as well for that day until the next time she needed reassurance as we all do it's the case for all of us i often share at funerals or uh, memorial services when our children travel to our house for a visit connie will uh, always uh, fix up the room where they're going to be if they're all coming for all of our children. And if they're all coming, then for some of the grandchildren, it's actually fixing up closets for them, and, uh, which they, they love. I mean, you'd, you'd think it was a luxury condo. And so depending on who's coming, she will fix their room We will be ready for them approximately when when they come. The room will be ready. Food that they love will be there. Snacks that they love, and they don't all love the same snacks. Those will be there as well. In other words, the place will be ready for them, and the reason is because she loves them. We love them. But how much more does Jesus know us and love us? How much more amazing is for those of you who are trusting in Christ alone, is your room, your condo going to be because of how well he knows you and how much he loves you? The third reason that their hearts didn't need to be troubled is because of the ultimate presence of Christ. Look at what it says in verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. So one of the biggest things that the disciples uh, uh, just learned, one of the biggest hits they just took to, to themselves that troubled them was Jesus saying, I'm going away and where I'm going, you can't come with me. Now here is Jesus saying, but there will be a time when I'm going to come back and you can come and we will be together again. Do you see how that could help them with their troubled Heart? He's saying this this separation is just temporary. In terms of death, C.S. Lewis says, there are, aren't there, only three things we can do about death, to desire it, to fear it, or to ignore it. Sadly, I see far too many Christians who respond to death in the latter two ways they fear it or try to ignore it the truth is if what Jesus says is true then it's not only wrong not to desire death it is okay to look forward to when that takes place now let me clarify here None of us knows how we're going to go. And sometimes there is the fear of that unknown. But behind that fear, this should always loom, that there is nothing to fear on the other side. Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It's better. He says, if I, if I keep on living, it's all about Christ. But if I go, I'll be with him. And that's even better. Of course, death isn't the only thing that causes troubled hearts. I, I don't know if I have in my ministry ever seen more troubled hearts than right now. And it's not just about our church. It's not about our church. It's about the world, our country. And if anything that exacerbates someone's already feeling insecure. There's so much unrest, worry, disunity in the world. And so there are also a lot of voices claiming they have the answer to these troubles. But as I said earlier, those answers at best are temporary. You know, they give answers like, you don't like what's going on now? Elect this person. Don't kid yourself. Don't fall for that. That's not where our trust can be. And if that's where your trust is, you will have a troubled heart. Remember the disciples' hearts according to Romans, or uh, John 14, 1, were troubled. But back in chapter 13, verse 21, it says, Jesus was troubled in his spirit. So Jesus is troubled, but he tells his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. And it is the exact same word in the original language. So what? I think that's the absolute key here to having a peaceful heart. Jesus was troubled, so we don't have to be. Get it? Jesus came to substitute himself and have a troubled heart so that we could have peace, even in the midst of everything that's going on. How? John 14, 2, he says, keep on believing in me. If you trust in anything else but Jesus you will not get relief. You will not get peace. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you're not trusting in him alone for eternal life, then you do have a troubled heart even if you don't know it. And if you don't think you do, you should have a troubled heart. Because anything other than him is only a substitute that will not last forever. And it will not give you a room in his mansion. Only believing in Jesus will do that. Let's bow together. So, Lord, will you help us to do just what we talked about, to to see our troubles really as they are, but all the while to gaze on you, to believe all the more in you, the Father, in you, the Son, and in the precious Holy Spirit that dwells inside believers,